podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. And this is true We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do We don't need robbing, stealing or mugging In fact, we'll take it seriously Welcome to another Whistleblowers My name's Stuart Wright And as usual, we're sponsored by Ladbrooks So, it's pretty straightforward We're back by Ladbrooks Go and bet at thewhistleblowers.net For exclusive specials and promotions that we've got for you Today... I've got uh, the host of Stop Hammer Time, Phil Whelans. Hello, Phil. Hi, Stuart. Everything all right? I think so. I think so. Good. No, in fact, I know so. Mm-hmm. Good, good. I can't all very encourage the world out, but, you know, as far as the podcast goes, I think we're there. And new to the whistleblowers, I've got uh, Damien Spanley. Hello, Damien. Hello there. Great to be here. Indeed. And you'll be speaking on behalf of the Liverpool side of the world. The Mighty Reds. As well as other things, generally in football, you can give your opinion. I think that's what Whistleblowers is all about. Very much so. So, before we go into the big game of the weekend, Liverpool versus West Ham, and then other things that fall below that, let's talk about the first trophy to won this week that was won this weekend by Manchester City. And I spoke to uh, Nigel Rathbond of the Man City show prior to meeting here today. Okay, welcome to uh, Nigel Rothband, host of the Man City Show, fresh from uh, the Caribou Cup final. How was it? It was all right, Stuart, yeah. Uh, I have to say, I don't think Arsenal turned up, which helped us a bit, didn't it? Uh, But we went in probably as favourites. Pep's not won a trophy. Failed. The fraud failed last season, so a bit of pressure on him. Lost to Wigan in the Cup, in the real Cup. So yeah, there was a bit of pressure, I suppose. But uh, did you feel half... did you feel that yourself going going to the game? You know, after the Wigan result and thinking, well, Arsenal could put in a performance, I suppose, and Pep's under a sort of media narrative pressure, even if he's not one in City's terms. Was there any was there any feeling of pressure amongst the fans? Yeah, no, I think there was because you know we need, you need to get that first bit of silverware. Every, everybody apart from the City fans were talking about the quadruple. I don't think I heard any City fans saying we we're going to win the quadruple. <laughs> Pep never said we would. Um, everybody else was. Uh, so I think with a Wigan result, uh, obviously going against us, and, and all credit to them, they deserve the victory on the night. Uh, I think there was a bit of pressure. Yes, it's important to get that first bit of silverware. You know, everybody says we're champions. I, I, I'm old enough to feel that, thank God we got enough points to stay up. You know, that's how I feel. Uh, still, I'm still in typical city mode. Uh, so we're champions elect. Uh, everybody's talking about the Champions League as well. We might come on to that. But mm. uh, no, I think, I think there was probably a bit of pressure because in a one off final like that, Arsenal could turn up, put in a performance, and uh, we may not get the luck. But as it as it happens, as I say, we I think we were certainly second half. We were we started playing the sort of football that we've we've been enjoying most of the season under Pep. I suppose, yeah. In the early part, in early exchanges of the first half, there was certainly a, the Obabayang miss when it yep. was still nil nil. That I guess must have been uh, must have got caught in the throats at first when when that was about when that looked like it was going to go in. No, it did. And Wiltshire was putting himself about, wasn't he? First half as well. Mm. And as you say, the Obamayang sort of uh, chance was saved twice by Bravo's legs. Mm. Uh, and, and at that point, you think, well, as I say, you know, in a one-off game, uh, anything could happen. But uh, as, it, as it turns out, that uh, say, for the second half in particular, we really put in a performance. And uh, to see Vincent Company, who's had such bad luck as a, as a City player, as our skip had been there, what, 10 years, 
you know, to roll back the years and put in such a colossal performance was, was fantastic. You know, he, he tamed Aubameyang, didn't he, really, and, and took his goal well. And to see his celebration, you could see it meant quite a lot to the guy, didn't it? He's, I was going to uh, say, I was going to say, in this, in this, in this cynical day and age of um, of inflated wages and stuff, I don't think Vincent Company was thinking about whether he was getting a win bonus or not when that goal went in, was he? I don't think, and I don't think he has for years. Actually, he, he, I love the fact that you know he talks with a bit of a Manchester accent now as well. You know, he's, yeah. he's been he's been around the place for a long time. A bit like Zabba as well, who's now at West Ham. I think yeah. you know, he, he had a tinge of a Manchester accent as well by the end of his time with City. You know, he's part of the old guard. You know, he's been around a long time, and to have the three goal scorers as well, the holy trinity yeah. um, of Silva, Aguero, and, and company, the guys who you know, as we've said, have kind of come in before the big money. Not, I think they're on more than on more than thirty grand a year. The guys, we know that, of course. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they've been around a long time, and for them to score the three goals just just was the icing on the cake, really. But yeah, company's celebration meant he, he ran straight towards me. You know, he, I think he saw me. I was sitting exactly where he ran towards. He <laughs> he ran straight towards me. I'm sure I'm sure he was looking at me, saying, "Nigel, this is for you, pal." I'm sure yeah, he it was. was. He was. He was going. You're going to be on the whistleblowers, and I need, I need <laughs> someone to tell somebody else that exactly. I scored a goal. Correct. <laughs> It was all for you guys. All for you guys. Now, what's interesting for me as someone that's not a City fan and seeing City from the outside looking in was there seemed to be a period, certainly I'm guessing towards the end of last season, where Pep was sort of treating Aguero mean and it didn't look like it was to keep him keen. But certainly this season, you seem to have got another version of Aguero that seems even more phenomenal than the one we already thought played for City. Well, he's no mug, is he, Pep? Let's be honest. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I think there were people talking last season that Pep was not his sort of play. He didn't work hard enough. He didn't track back. Uh, he obviously brought in Gabriel Jesus, mm. who was seen as being a natural replacement. And in fact, probably in many of the games, was kind of playing him ahead of Sergio. Mm. But this season, Gabriel's had, a, had a, a bad injury. He's been in and out. And... Sergio, there's no question, I haven't seen the stats, but, but Sergio seems to be working so much harder, he seems to be more aggressive, he seems to be certainly more clinical in front of goal. He's now scored, as you know, 199 goals in a Sky Blue City shirt, which is, which is phenomenal. I mean, he's an absolute hero, you know, forgetting the QPR goal that, that won us the league. Just, you know, to score that many goals and to be, continue to be scoring this season. And yeah, I thought, didn't he do brilliantly to, 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 to get the first goal, you know, Clear shove in the back, clear foul, wasn't it? No, absolutely not. Just, you know, how big's the centre-half? About twice his size, and he just put his body in the way, had a quick check, and, and chipped the keeper perfectly. I mean, you know, Ospina came out and just timed his chip perfectly. He, he's awesome, and he's just, he's just getting stronger and stronger. And I think you've got to give Pep clearly some credit for that. I think he's managed the situation brilliantly. But you've got to give Sergio some credit as well. He's not... He's not a twelve-year-old is he? he? You know, he's yeah. at the end of his career, but he seems to have gone up, gone up a level, and, and improved his game again. So I think you know clearly Pep's getting the best out of him, and he's what he does. There's so many other examples of that. Sterling's another one, isn't he? Yeah. You know, Sterling was was you know came back from the Euros, was being booed by everybody. We had a poor season. Now he's scoring at will. So you know, I think there's examples of that right across the pitch of him getting the best out of his players. Like Kevin De Bruyne. A sixty million pound reject from, you know, left Chelsea, went abroad. We picked him up. Reject people were calling him. Look at him now; he's probably the best player on the planet. You know, so these guys under Pep have really blossomed and and and, and playing the sort of football I think football fans in England like to see. 
I think I think there'll be a lot of a lot of football clubs looking to see you, Jose Mourinho. Let's go from the youngsters at Man United, so they know who to pick for their uh, transfers. Given De Bruyne's renaissance at City, and obviously Salah's renaissance at, uh, at Liverpool, or continued renaissance at Liverpool. Yep. It's uh, it's a funny it's a funny trend that though, the the two best players, arguably two best players in the league, were both sent packing from the British league from the English league. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you think? Do you think that? that um, where else do you see the impact of what Pep's doing? I mean, the funniest thing for me because I remember it vividly at the end of last season, where you had the typical kind of tired, the tired punditry going on, saying, "Well, he's not got a plan B." He's not, and yeah. obviously Pep kept, <clears throat> Pep maintained his view. He said, "I'm just going to get better players, so Plan A gets better." And everyone, he's not got a plan B. Well, you're not looking like you need a plan B now, are you? Well, but, but he has made changes. And, mm. and, and let's sort of start at the back. I mean, clearly the whole Joe Hart situation was well publicised. My own view for what it's worth is it's not about whether he was a footballing goalkeeper it, or he's not a great goalkeeper. It's about the dressing room. And I don't know what's gone on in there. Joe Hart is clearly a huge personality. And Pep needed him out uh, needed his dressing room and needed the players to sort of follow his his way. So yeah. I suspect it was more to do with personality than it was to do with his footballing or his goalkeeping talents. He brought in Bravo, clearly didn't work. And we've seen a better Bravo this season. He's actually, <clears throat> if it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't have been in the Carabao Cup final. Yeah. Um, kept us in, in a couple of um, shootouts, did well in the finals. Well, I don't think he put a foot wrong there. May got an assist with the Aguero goal. Yeah. But he's nothing, he's nothing on Edison who is absolutely fantastic, a brilliant shot stopper, amazing with his feet, fantastic distribution. So, so that's been a key, I think, this season. Mm. I think, secondly, we had ageing fullbacks. You know, Zabaleta, I've mentioned before, Mancunian Zabaleta, absolute legend, loved by the City fans, but was, was you know, probably three yards slower than he was at his peak. Yeah? yeah. Uh, you know, you had Sanya, you had Kolarov, and, you know, these guys were good servants, they were good players, but, but could not play the way Pep wanted to play. And he, he wasn't going to change, was he? And that, I think, huge credit to him. He still continued to play the way he wanted to play. And so by bringing in Walker, who I think has had a phenomenal season, I think he was Spurs' third choice right back, wasn't he, I think, when he yeah. came to us. <laughs> uh, and, and we've brought in uh, Mendy. He's only played three and a half games, but he's, he, we, we're excited to have him back for, I think, the Champions League if we get through to the next round. Um, semi-final potentially is going to be back for that sort of period uh, we, we, we've got the best to come from him but converting Fabian Delph from a midfielder to a left, to a left back what, a, what an amazing season he's had it's Again, following, following Klopp's example there anyway Milner absolutely <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would say that uh, <laughs> but you know I think you, know, you just look at he's, he, he's looked at different players and I'll say the Delft to left back I think has been phenomenal as well mm. um, and then we've mentioned already you know the fact that he's got the best out of Aguero he's got the best out of Sterling we've got um, Kevin De Bruyne playing the way he is so I think the, the full backs and the goalkeeper have been key to this to play the way he wants to play those overlapping full backs the wing backs you know building from the back keeping the ball and the way they work off the ball as well is phenomenal. You know, it's not just when they've got it going forward, which is exciting to watch. The way they harry and chase and they play with such intensity, you know, they just get the ball back. It's, it must be impossible to play against. Even, even the mighty Liverpool must find it, must, must struggle. Indeed, indeed. Well, look, it's nice, it's nice to know the Cup has, uh, has not tainted your, your enthusiasm for what's to come this season. And it's nice of you 
to uh, to patronise us to think you're glad to stay up when obviously the rest of us know you've won the league. Um, <laughs> well, it's not won yet. Come on, it's not won yet. Anything can happen. We've still got a few more victories yet. We play Arsenal this week again on Thursday night. Um, so that'll be interesting. You know, is that going to be the, more of the same? Is there going to be a reaction from them? Who knows? But uh, no, we're not counting our chickens yet. We're champions elect, if you like. Mm. Doesn't mean to say it's in the bag. And then obviously there's the Champions League to come. And if you're asking me my view on that, which I know you're not, but I'm going to tell you anyway, I don't think we'll do it this year. I think we're probably a season too soon. Are you not daring to bit... dream? You're not daring to dream. No. Well, I, listen, I, listen, I'd love it. That, of course, I'd love it to happen, Stuart. Of course I would. But I don't think it will, to be honest. I do think that we're still a season away from that. There's still some great sides in it and Spurs. Uh, so, you know, we've got a situation it's such, that's where... That's such a pragmatic view because, I mean, it's like... You, you, it doesn't. It, 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 I guess it's sort of difference in sort of football cultures that because it doesn't take much for Liverpool fans to get excited about the possibility, even though it's still a dream. But the very fact that obviously we've done exactly what you've done, which is stamped our authority on a on an away leg, and it's like yeah. anything's possible. Let's get excited. Red York, you're saying we're a year yeah, away. Yeah, listen, we're, we're we're through to the next round, and you're clearly through to the next round as well. There's a lot of good teams still left in it, as I say. So I, I, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground, of course. What an amazing season it would be to win the Premier League, to win the Carabao Cup and to win the Champions League. I mean, that would be phenomenal. But if you'd asked me, Stuart, at the start of the season, and I was asked many times at the start of the season, yeah. are we going to win the Champions League? I said then no, and I'm still going to say no now. Would love to. But I just think it's a season too soon. It's all part of the big project for the brand, as, as they say, which I, I hate with a passion. But mm. that's how they talk up there now. Um, so I think for me, I think it's still a season away. Would love it to happen. I just pragmatically, I just don't think it is. Well, look, congratulations on getting the first trophy this season. And, the, and obviously, congratulations to Pep for getting his first trophy as Man City's manager. Great, great pleasure. Uh, have a, a great rest of the show, guys. Cheers. Back to me in the studio. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back to The Whistleblowers. Phil, one of the things that um, Nigel talked about, which is really interesting to me, is there's a definite reluctance among City fans to accept they're a big club. Uh, I sort of, I kind of applaud that humility. Uh, there's a certain North London uh, soccer establishment that uh, seem obsessed with the notion, the abstract notion of being a big club. We're a big club. I remember uh, hearing... Which one? Uh, they both seem obsessed with this. Uh, it's, it's, well, I think Arsenal are a big club. And okay. I think Spurs, you know, are becoming a big club. But yeah. I remember, I can remember in the 90s, uh, West Ham beating... Uh, Spurs and driving back from the game in my car and I think it might have been when Danny Baker still did 606 mm. and a Spurs fan rang up after the game and said uh, yeah thing is I think they won that game I think they won that game but we won that game and Danny Baker went mm, no they no West Ham won the game they won the game <laughs> no 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 listen to me Danny listen to me they think they won it but we won it because we're a big club we'll always be a big club and it will never be a big club <laughs> and Danny Baker went no they did win I'm looking I can the law of physics it. yeah say. I can see it on CFAX uh, they, they won they won that game and that sort of bizarre obsession with the kind of abstract notion mm. of bigness is uh, really worrying to me and stupid and requires too much mental energy City, of course, you know, 
my favourite of the Manchester teams, uh, they've been through the wrangle, haven't they? I mean, mm. they, they dropped and dropped again during the Premiership era. They had a t- tough old time. Mm. Uve Rossler was their striker, wasn't he? In he about, was indeed. In the 90s. As Sean Gota was another iconic <laughs> yeah, that's figure. Right. And they, Feed I the mean, goat and he in, will score. Indeed. Yeah. I don't know if they had money troubles, but I mean, they fell and fell and, you know, they dropped two levels. No, just bad they? football administration bad problems. Soccer, yeah, it was constantly. Yeah, yeah. So the interesting but, um, thing looking at them now, Damien, is that it feels uncannily like when um, Jose Mourinho took Chelsea to the what became his first trophy and then his first mm. league in that first season when he came from Porto. And obviously Chelsea didn't become world beaters all the time, forever and ever. But I do get the feeling that the machinery that's behind City is a bit more than just a Russian billionaire. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wonder if really we need to adjust the notion of big clubs and just look at bank balances these days. Mm. I mean, you know, mm. but, um, and I, do, I also applaud City's fans' um, reluctance to accept this, mm. exce- yeah. this ex- yeah. success. I mean, uh, I mean, I think it's actually uh, digs down into the sort of tradition of being a football fan where actually, you know, it's really about being miserable and, mm. uh, <laughs> and success kind of comes along and, uh, you know, and it kind of like messes with that. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I love Pep. I think he's, I think he's great. I mean, I just think he's absolutely the real deal, mm. complete, you know, quality. And I think the way they've played, the football they've played. Yes, this even season. I mean, basically, when the when the sit when the when the new city experiment started with uh, Stuart Pearce and mm. Hughes, yeah, Mark Hughes, Hughes was yeah, it's he incredible was, to think um, now they had these such yeah. traditional, you know, old school. But so you know, they managers. started accruing those good players. It was you thirty know, million on Rubinia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was thirty yeah. million on Rubinia. Yeah. It was a waste of time, yes. but. It sent shockwaves through the rest of yeah, the world to yeah, say, yeah. hold on a minute. And yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. more or less PSG followed suit, didn't they? It was yeah. almost like, oh, that's how you do it. You just throw money around. Yeah, buying, uh, you know, buying ex-Man U player Tevez and going, you know, yeah. well, welcome yeah. to Manchester. But Pep that brings that culture, doesn't he? That Barcelona way where you actually look at the whole club. You, mm. know, you don't just look at what's happening on the pitch. Mm. You look at, and you look not just on the performances uh, on the pitch, but you're also looking at you know the way players behave and uh, the infrastructure of the club and that whole sort of philosophy that runs through the whole club, which mm. you know, which which I think means that you know he's here to stay. And that yeah, of, I mean, a, reports I get from Manchester, you know, somewhere out somewhere I've, I've I've lived a lot of my life is that what they're doing on the ground, never mind the football, what they're doing in the city of Manchester, mm. the mm. money that's been invested is helping to create good things yeah which is more probably than could be said mm. for, for their, their, na- for their, <laughs> for their owner's own country yeah well yeah that's the other thing i mean there was a joke knocking about human that, rights record yeah the joke knocking around i think twitter the last couple of days is that you know pep guardiola was uh, defiant in his wearing of his ribbons and whatever in solidarity with people locked up in uh, mm. catalonia but not so forthcoming yeah. about people who've wrote letters to him from prisons yeah, in the yeah. middle east yeah yeah but you know He's he's not there for that job, but no, it, no, no. it's it's uh, you know he's not from the Middle East either. He's from Catalonia, so I guess mm. that's his that's his his, his right that's and his, his privilege. Yeah. Um, but also from from the way he manages the team, it was also in, it's also interesting. When I think back to and I asked, I talked to Nigel about this, but I think just get your I don't know if you remember it, but tail end the last season where he wasn't going to win anything, mm. the the Gary Nevilles of this world were telling him he had to have a plan B, and Pet went no. I no, just no. need better players to do the job I need them to do. And it looks like he's been proved right, doesn't mm. it, Phil? He got a little... Uh, he was very churlish towards the end of last season, wasn't he? Mm. He was a, turned into a right old grouch for a few games, didn't he? But now he's now they're winning and he's happy again. Um, it's f- sort of fascinating that... Uh, 
we've seen players um, who, uh, City who are currently in in a spell of form equal to the best they've ever played. Certain players have kind of returned to form, right? David Silva, who's always good, so his ups and downs are within mm. a quite a narrow band, but he is playing pretty much the best he's ever played. A lot of footballers, especially uh, sort of British footballers, mm. start off and never get any better. They explode onto the scene like James Milner, and James Milner, I would say, is about as good as James Milner's ever been. Mm-hmm. When he was young, he was really good. He was at Leeds, then Newcastle, wasn't he, mm-hmm. I think? Yep. Uh, and you went, yeah, that bloke's good, he's a good player. I think he's maintained that level uh, his whole career. Um, Seven out of ten every game is underrated when you've had players that oh, do nine and three. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But I think um, Aguero, De Bruyne and Silva are playing the best they've ever played this season, you know. Mm. And you know, it's probably not quite as good last season and maybe, you know, sort of better the previous season. But within their narrow band of pretty good performances, they're, they're, all three of those guys are at their peak this season and that's really helping. I feel sort of you know, similarly at Liverpool. I think Firmino is playing kind of, you know, at his sort of the peak of his potential at the moment. It feels that way. It mm. feels that way, which is a nice segue, Phil. Thank you. Mm. We'll move. We'll move we're on. Are we to, moving on to Liverpool, uh, West Ham, and on the one hand, Damien, it, it's having had a rest and with Klopp's insistence that momentum and 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 being just almost like muscle memory all the time is important to how his teams function. We keep getting these rests because we're out of various domestic cups, and you kind of fear that. This spectre of this other Liverpool that we, we is too close to recent memory will keep returning, and I guess it was softened by the fact that David Moyes was the visiting manager, who hasn't had the best of times at Anfield, has he? No, and I think a lot of Liverpool fans felt sort of psychologically we couldn't lose to get that game, but momentum and rest and you know and the sort of tension between the two is quite interesting. I think where Klopp is concerned because of course last year we. F- stalled because we kept playing the same team over and over again whereas he's rotated for the first half Mm. of the season um, which has drawn quite a bit of criticism but at the moment I mean if it wasn't for the complex complexities of the sale of Coutinho I'd be extremely confident about the rest of our season the problem that we have I mean Firmino's been mentioned is that he's such an important player for us and if he did pick up an injury Mm then you're looking at a Danny Ings and a Solanke, who's never scored a first-team goal, to come in to fill that gap. Mm. And I think most Liverpool fans hoped that Lallana would be far, farther ahead than he is at the moment and that we would uh, you know, have a few more options up front. So at the moment, it's fantastic, but I can't help feeling that around the corner is another crash another you know one uh, crucial player short of her first 11 I agree yeah there was a line of thinking last season that he slightly wore his team out didn't he because he yeah. came in and instituted an incredibly hard training regime of, you know like like that film The Hill with Sean Connery in it yes very much run, so. up, run up hills with gas masks on and you know, all that sort of stuff. Run and run to the, the truth train. of what run happens at Melwood's been released, being revealed. But here. interesting, Phil, that, that despite, I mean, the scoreline finished 4 1, but the first half, it's, it wouldn't be unfair to say that West Ham, certainly for 20 minutes, the first half were on top. Yes. And before it was 1 0, Anoutovic mm. 
cheeky lob hit the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, tipped onto the bar. Tipped onto the bar. I was going to say, it was a... It was a yeah. it, Definitely mean, a save. And, you know, I you know, feel great for Karius because he's had such a lot of stick. Mm. But Anatovic is... What a player. I was going to say, what, what from your observations... Because I don't think we're not doing from West Ham on to talk about this. Anatovic, again, from the outside looking in, seems to be this player reborn under Moyes. Yeah. And he um, bossed it at Anfield, he, yes. truth be told. He is a... For that first half. He is a... Um, he is a top six player. I mean, he's mm. like... Um, uh, really does have all the equipment. He's um, he's strong. He's big. He's quick. He's got surprisingly deft feet for a sort of a, a big man. A big lad, um, as we say. And uh, he really does look like the real deal mm. at the moment. He has a lot of needle as well, which I quite like. Mm. Yeah, he's got a good. I mean, he's um, he's. When a ball comes into him, you know, when he's closely attended by a central defender, he's got the sort of goal to kind of like just just shoulder charge them a little bit, but also mm. control the ball very well. Like skillful little guys mm. are often like Coutinho or, that, that, you know, Lanzini actually is very good when he picks the ball up closely attended because they sort of wriggle out of it. That's why they're good. It's, and uh, Arnautovic has that ability, but also has the ability to make a yard by just shoving the guy. But could you see this potential? Because I think Bilic stuck him out in the wing, didn't he, and stuff. Yeah. Whereas Moyes seems to have said to him, just have the front line. You go where you want. Well, the, 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 the team that Moyes has um, inherited is terribly unbalanced. And... Uh, okay. Uh, and is the kind of legacy of a scattergun transfer policy. When, when we had our good last season at the old ground, at the Bolin, um, you know, including a 3-0 a win away at Anfield, mm. it was sort of predicated on um, soaking it up and hitting teams on the break. And we had uh, on loan uh, Jenkinson from, from Arsenal and uh, Cresswell, Aaron Cresswell in his first season, who were both quick flying sort of, you know, full-backs. And then the ball was moved very quickly by Lanzini and Paye. Hmm. And that was sort of how we did our business, was was soak it up a bit, but hit them on the break. Um, on Saturday, we, we we fielded two nominal wing-backs with a combined age of, I think, about 130. Yeah, you, yeah, you were... 63-year-old uh, Patrice Evra and 71-year-old... Yeah. I mean, and against Zabaleta. the fastest attack yes, in, yeah. the, in the Premiership. Yeah, and, and, and we just... Um, so I think when Moyes came in, one thing he did was, I've got to get this team to stop leaking goals. So he sort of he firmed up the defence. Mm. And then when I'm going to put the quickest footballers we have, which are nearly none, in the side. So he played Arnautovic through the middle. Mm. Um, Antonio, uh, during one of his brief 10 minutes or so of fitness, up with him. And then our left back, he made into a kind of wing back, uh, Arthur Masawaku, the spitty man who's out for six weeks for... for clearing his nose at another player. Um, uh, those three were literally the quickest players you could mm. see. It was very simple. It was sort of quite good to, quite refreshing to see because it slightly flatters you when you can see football mm. tactics at work. It means yeah. that the next time you go to the pub and talk mm. about football, you go, well, what he had to do was just sit back, he had to defend, didn't he? And then hit him on the break with pace. And, uh, and that was clearly, so clearly what he did. So that's why he played Arnautovic through the middle rather than stuck out mm. on the wing. Or, you know, Bilic's other thing was to play a guy on his own up front with no support, no one anywhere near him jogging around the pitch to keep But Nautovic was on, up front on his own for quite a bit of the, of the game. He, he was, did, It yes. didn't seem to bother him. It didn't seem to... He seemed to relish that opportunity. Well, especially, I mean, the opportunistic stuff he did, which ended up being close to a goal in the first mm. half, 
was about his fearlessness, wasn't it? It, yes. wasn't, it wasn't about... Yeah. He created it all himself and he went, do you know what? And, and that's what nearly caught Karius out and there was the yeah, second opportunity yeah. as well. But... The thing about Karius is he just should have sh- just kicked it straight at him, you see. I think Karius is, you know, he can't catch a ball, mm. but he can pull off, you know, a world-class save. He's athletic, it, his, but his, not... the edge of his little finger. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing was that for, from Liverpool's point of view, we've been used to teams coming and, and, and failing to do anything with teams that do a low block. Um, and it struck me that West Ham got caught between doing the two. They seemed more adventurous than most teams were, but they weren't that adventurous. But they also still had five at the back as, as, a, as a structure, I suppose. Yeah, three at the back with the, with the with two the, dropping with... in. But, I, I mean, I thought, I wasn't sure from the game whether West Ham didn't turn up or whether it was... Um, just a sort of a, a kind of tactical failing. I wasn't quite sure because we were, I think, prepared for a pretty turgid, you know, mm. uh, you know, pressing back, you to back wall, and yeah. back to the wall. And it was sort of, it wasn't here that I agree. It was sort of, it wasn't, we weren't quite, I wasn't quite sure. And I mean, we, we just played through the middle and, you know, lots of vertical balls and, and, mm. you, and you couldn't, ha- you couldn't deal with it. So I don't know whether it was about the tactics or whether it was just lack of organisation at the back. I'm not quite sure, having not seen West Ham too often this season. Do you think it was, do you think it was more wearing them down in, in the sense if you keep... Do, we kept coming at... Liverpool kept yeah, coming at West yeah, Ham and the was, mistake was yeah. going to come, yes. as it were. Yes, I mean, I think, I mean, I think, they, I think we did basically kind of set out to um, you know, try and soak it up and try and defend and ultimately that was just going to not mm. work at some point. Um, you know, had the Inish at nil-nil had Arnautovic's goal gone, I mean, it might have changed the game mm. slightly, but once it was like a kind of, you know, c- collapsing domino thing mm. once, once you know, once a couple of goals went in. I, th- I heard we were very poor in the second half of that game. Yeah, no, there was, there was definitely a... The, 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 the stretch between we need to get up, we need to attack, but we also can't mm. leave these mm. three lunatics running at our defence yeah. became... Shit or bust, and it yeah. was always bust. Yeah, you know, was, and then we, we had a, we had a lot missed a lot of sitters. Yeah, there game. was a shooting gallery at some point. Mm-hmm. It felt like now it was also as a spectacle. It was obvious amongst the West Ham fans that there was a big celebration for West Ham. Uh, the twenty fifth anniversary. Well, celebration is the wrong word, yeah. but a, 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 a noting of a yeah. big anniversary. Yeah, which that is, very day, twenty five yeah. years. Was to it? that very okay, day? Okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah. it was the twenty fifth anniversary of Bobby Moore's death. Mm. So mm. for those for those listening out there in podcast land, Phil. Because, I, I mean, we were talking in the pub beforehand, and Damon's right, it didn't really get a lot of traction news beyond no. the football news, as no. it were. No. So what's, what, what is, what's at the heart of West Ham that, that, that the fans feel the need to keep that torch burning, as it were, for Bobby Moore's memory as, as a figure well, of the I club? Well, um, I think he, he was hard done by, as many uh, players were, who sort of uh, obviously didn't make an enormous money out of, uh, mm. amount of money out of the time they played professional football, you know, before the sort of huge amounts of uh, money came with the Premier League. But also, he died in 1993, and the Premier League, uh, its inception was sort of 92. And I think uh, the business of football would have started to be kinder to him and sort of rehabilitate him a bit. Mm. He was quite a forgotten man for the, for the, um, and I think you really can uh, utilize an overused expression, which is iconic. Mm. Uh, you know, the picture of him on those guys' shoulders, everyone knows that picture. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of Britain's greatest sporting moments. And I think uh, Moore is kind of up there with, you know, Muhammad Ali or, 
you know, Joe Montana mm. for, for fans of Gridiron in America, um, you know, Magic Johnson mm. as, a, as a kind of a genuinely um, a player that's symbolic of a little bit more than just the game. You know, yeah, Pele, yeah, yeah. Muhammad Ali, you know, players like that, symbolic of something, uh, the spirit of the game, the, uh, um, the, the magic surrounding the game of mm. football. I think, I think that sort of, you know, maybe superseded when when an England team wins the World Cup again, mm. but but it was the last time it happened. I guess sometimes we're guilty, aren't we, of it not being exotic enough? Because we'll talk about Franz Beckenbauer down the pub, mm. and we'll eulogise about him, but and obviously Pelly. But Pelly is someone who was who had lots of kind words to say about how good Bobby yes, Moore was. Yes, Bobby Moore, the best defender he ever yeah. played against. I mean, there's you know he's he. Um, you know, Moore is very good in a lot of ways in that he sort of uh, drank quite a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't really enjoy training. Uh, played cricket to kind of county standard as well. This is one of those naturally sporty guys. And yeah. I think we like those playground players, players mm. who sort of look like they, they're sort of making it up as they go along. The mm. players that don't look sort of coached. Nowadays, a lot of footballers look kind of coached. And uh, the ones that sort of are exemplary, you mm. know, sort of there's something a bit raw about them, like they're, like they're still playing in a playground against yeah. a team from the rival school. It's like watching Old Grey Whistle Test and you see bands. They don't look like anyone's touched them. No, They've walked yeah, out yeah. and they're playing and they're doing it. Yeah, now right. you see someone on the TV, you're kind of like... They've been touched with each of their lives. Yeah. They've not yeah. thought of anything themselves ever. No, 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 absolutely. It feels like a sort of collection of tropes turned into a band. Exactly. Um, I mean, I somewhere sometimes wonder why we still watch the interviews on Match of the Day because it's, it's just the same responses yeah. over and over again. You know, it's just, you know yeah, they've all been media much. trained and it's just, you know, it's cliche after a cliche. Yeah, because I think Klopp recently, when he was interviewed by one of the American TVs, where he said, he said something was shit. And then the mm-hmm. presenters were recalled in horror. Yeah, yeah. Like, Didn't like, he say, oh, I thought it'd be okay because yeah, I was in America? Yeah. Now, from a Liverpool point of view, one of the big, one of the big news of the year has been Salah's headline grabbing. But we don't, I think he's been talked to death in, in, in a lot of circles. So the other find of the summer is a, appears to be a fullback for Liverpool. Yeah. Andrew Robinson doesn't seem like an £8 million player that we got from Hull anymore. No, he certainly doesn't. I mean, did you think when he was signed that was any good? Well, I didn't really, I didn't really know him that well as a player. I mm. mean, I, I, you know, I picked up a lot on the anger from, uh, you know, we were watching sort of Pep, you know, spend, you know, 40, 50 million. 140 on million on three fullbacks, yeah, I think it was, yeah. and we spent eight on one. And, uh, and yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the fury was palpable, <coughs> wasn't it, among the Liverpool fan support. Uh, but what a fantastic story! I mean, it's just uh, you know, I, you know. I mean, I was actually at the game where um, I can't remember who it was against now. A recent game where he um, where he chased the ball around the pitch. Um, he sort of like you know he he, he sort of like was he, that against City was that City uh, wasn't it I think it was against City actually yeah in the, yeah. Day, in the like the last ten minutes yeah he, so you know he pre- you know he was he was pressing from his um, from his position on the left and, he literally and, 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 ju- and then just went on to the next player and ended up sort of on the far right of the you know and actually you know got a you know got a challenge mm. in fans love that. Absolutely, a long, pointless run with no reward. Yeah, that also that. takes him horrifically out of position. Yeah, Should yeah. we lose they the ball? But we're very crude know. creatures, aren't we? Phil? Yeah, we're yeah. easily pleased in terms yeah, of football's yeah. idea of cause and effect. Absolutely, yeah. I like it when a dog runs on the pitch. I like that. <laughs> uh, I like fights as well. I like the, I like it when they fight. I like yeah. it when the players fight. I like to. Uh, 
I liked it whenever I went over to the crowd and uh, Kung Fu kicked one of the crowd uh, when he was playing in France. Uh, Everett was a a weird choice because he's not played for a while, has he? No, no. And for him to bring him back to Anfield where... Mm. There's a bit of history. And they were, I mean, they didn't let up, did yeah, they? It no. was, they were on his back from right through the game. It was pretty uh, vociferous. Now, can I do a straw poll with you? Um, mm. It seems to me, looking at the way that the league's been reported this year, that Man United are rubbish this year. Mm-hmm. Would you think that's a kind of truism? It's funny, isn't it? Because... Um, they are second, aren't they? Because yeah. they beat, because they won that game of the weekend. They because who briefly were Liverpool in second. Yeah, Liverpool in and second. the reason I ask it is because yeah. it feels they are second. You're right. They are. So it feels like the Man United paradox it is feels happening. Like they're just right. sort of scraping through every time, and somehow they've sort of they've been shuffled by circumstances into second place. It feels like the teams that have dropped form are Chelsea and Man U. It feels like the kind of form teams, you know, poised to take that second place because no one's going to catch mm. City are Liverpool. And Spurs. Mm. Uh, however, Manchester United have somehow clung mm. on and are in. But isn't, second it, place. isn't it that strange sort of axis that Mourinho brings mm. between you know quality of performance and results? And you know they mm. continue to play badly. I think he uses but the expression somehow, "win at all costs." Yeah, is, 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 yeah, is, is, yeah. Is, For paraphrase, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a you know. You've got to have good players to kind of uh, sh- to decide to shut up shop and kind of protect a one nil lead for you know. 25 minutes or something it's sort of very yeah. hard to do and he seems to not mind doing that but I mean, I mean I was at the Chelsea game in when was it uh, was it 2014 when they, yeah. you know when um uh, Gerard fell over. Where, yeah, the game where uh, where the keeper was yellow carded for time wasting in the first mm. fifteen minutes. But he's doing what's interesting, Phil. This time round is he's, he's managing to get away with playing this kind of. It's all very well going to Stamford Bridge or going to Anfield and shutting up shop, mm. but he's shutting up shop at home. Yes, which yes, is yes. a very surreal thing to see a United team do. Yes, which is cede possession to the opposition and let the game happen in front of them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem very Man United as far as I've no. understood them over the last 25 years. No, and I've heard that said and I've, I've, I've heard uh, it also said or asked whether Man U fans would accept that, whether that's ultimately going to uh, make them angry and sort of bore, mm. bore them and there'll be calls for his head. Um, I mean, I think he, he had a kind of, in his first spell at, Chelsea, he had a kind of pragmatic game plan, but a team full of talented players that you could sort of watch all day. I mean, Mm. you know, um, good players can't help but do sort of entertaining things. Mm. So if your overall strategy is kind of putting a you know ten men behind the ball and one up front, they'll still do enough that's in. You know, well, Jogger and Lampard were scoring goals, weren't exactly. they? Exactly. Yeah, they'll do enough of itself that's kind of entertaining. Um, it feels odd that he appears possibly to have sort of alienated Paul Pogba, a kind mm. of skillful, big money buy to yeah. the club. And you're kind I, mean, of I, think going, it, I think if you are a Man United fan and you know, bringing him back into sort of a defensive midfield position, mm. I mean, for me, would be the last straw, really. You know, so, you know he's, been, he's been Mourinho'd, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. And uh, um, I wonder whether that's going to fly. And I also wonder whether it's, it's... I mean, in a way, this season is very artificial, isn't it? Because there's, 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 there's a team that's kind of in, in position zero. <laughs> and, well, then, all- and then it feels like Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United and... Uh, um, the one I haven't said, Spurs, uh, are basically going for the kind of the, the winning position because one team's just off the top and gone. Yeah. Uh, and weirdly, all of those teams you mentioned 
would be ahead of Leicester at this time this year. Yeah. Who won the league two years Extraordinary, ago. Extraordinary. It's it? a weird... I mean, yes. it's, it's almost like that, that this is just City's season and everything yeah. else is... Just write it off. Because the joke amongst United fans, from what I've listened to on some of their podcasts, which I find hilarious, and it's, it's a truism, they're going, well, if we're shit, then the league must be really shit then, because... <laughs> You're not yeah. you're not getting the better of us, and it's a fair point, I yes, think. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, I mean, I think the race for for the nominal first position uh, is quite good, quite exciting because you just have to accept that City have gone. Yeah. And now I think it's quite good that you know the I, fact. That, I think if we if we come second, up, I think we're gonna we'll take a bus around the city. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Sort of, it sort of feels like that's really. And what it would it's be about, right. Now. I think it's sort of it is actually quite a tense contest, isn't it? it I is. mean, you know. Conte's gone mad this season. It's just turned from a kind of, uh, you know, the Tasmanian devil of last season with a big smile on his face to this miserable, sulky teenager now, you know. Yeah, and what a, and what a disappointment, the, you know, the celebrity death, death match of um, them two coming together this weekend. I was expecting... Yeah. Oh, they were, all, they were all friends again, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Now, looking forward to the weekend, um, because the rest of the results, in, 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 in I mean, discounting... We'll, we'll, we'll not make you talk about Tottenham Phil. There's no, there's not much point. They got no. a last minute win and Kane yeah. scored again. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's like that's every week, isn't it? I yeah. think, as far as I know, good for them. Yeah, um, but not good for West Ham. Not really. <laughs> but um, we, I don't. I hadn't noticed till I was putting the agenda together for today that the league league program starts on Thursday this week. Is it? Yeah, it's a fixture on Thursday. There is. Yeah. So awesome. that, what's that about? Exactly. I am furious. <laughs> Arsenal, Brighton. Is it not? Is it? I no, mean, it's Arsenal City. So Arsenal, Arsenal have got. City. It's on Thursday yeah. night. It, they've got. They've got chance for revenge. I'm washing my hair on Thursday night. <laughs> um, well, that's ridiculous. Damien, so that that result there, it, it goes either way. Is either quick revenge for Arsenal and some vain hope that they're still involved in that in that chase for something, or is that Arsenal cut loose from? From everything that's important, other than the cup competitions they're left in, I think so. I mean, I mean, it was interesting that most of the conversation around the cup win at the weekend was about Arsenal's demise, not mm. about City's mm. rise. Really, I mean, it was sort of inevitable that City would pick up that cup, and mm. and, and, and you know, and it was inevitable that Pep would st- you know start his trophy haul. Uh, at the weekend, so and the concentration. I mean, I don't know if you, any of you uh, saw the game and heard Gary Neville's commentary about Arsenal. He spent most of the second half just ripping into their players. It was, it was pretty. There was a lot of arseness about the way they were going, they were playing the game. I don't know what you saw of it, Phil. But yeah, it, but I it was saw highlights. It wasn't like there was a. You wouldn't call it effort. <laughs> they, they. I mean. They're in a way the opposite of, uh, of what I was saying. It's like um, you know, City have. At least three players sort of playing mm. to the peak of their abilities at the moment, you know. And, and I think a player that has played at that level maybe dipped and then sees it again. They know they're playing at their best, mm. so there's a kind of swagger to their uh, stride. Some newcomer who starts to be good doesn't quite realise that he's good because he has nothing to compare it to. Um, that said, Arsenal, I don't think anyone is playing remotely near their best. Ozil, you know, when he just made a fall out of Matt Upson in the World Cup, was it 2010, and Arsenal bought him. You went, oh my God, Arsenal are getting that guy, that German guy. Oh God, he's great. And I, I, he's never really grabbed a game by the scruff of its neck. No. I don't think ever since he signed for them. He sort of just somehow had a lot of sharp edges kind of filed off him. And he's a pretty good, skillful, 
the type of player that Arsenal would buy him. But I don't think anyone, you know, a sort of resurgent Jack Wilshire, who we've never really seen because he gets in, injured putting his shirt on. Mm. Um, or having a fag outside. Yeah, or having a fag outside. Accidentally gets a friction burn from his cigarette lighter <laughs> and is out for a month. Uh, he, you know, he was sort of quite good in that game, I thought. But, but ultimately, you're kind of going, they're not really, there's no one who who really is talismanic in their team, mm-hmm. who can really sort of pull their team up by the bootstrap. They spend a lot of money on these. That Obama young guy mm. looked awful, I thought. It's just already the best, very ordinary. It's kind of coming mm-hmm. in going... But it's what Stuart said before about, you know, a team full of sevens. I mean, yeah. you know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good thing. Where Arsenal, are, they are a team of threes or nines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ozil, is a, he's a nine, and then for three weeks, he's a three. And, yeah. and, and you know, and in in, I think the word's mercurial, isn't it? Yeah. Mercurial talent. You never know yeah. what you're going to get, and if it's great, it's it's worth having, and if it's not, um, now one of the things that shook up this weekend, which has been the ongoing story, I think, since Christmas, has been how close it is in from about eighth downwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, Phil, you must have thought we've we've broke free of this now. Now you're playing Swansea at the weekend. Yeah. They're on twenty-seven points, third from bottom. Mm. And you're on 30 points on 13th. No, absolutely. That's right. So, ostensibly, if you lose, they come up to your level or pull you down to theirs. And... Yes, and that result didn't do our goal difference any good. You know, we, we, of course, yeah. We, we accrued minus three goals from that uh, from the Anfield game. So, yeah, absolutely. It's desperately uh, tight there. There was, mm. a, you know, there was a... You know, people speculate throughout a season don't they who's going to go down there was a feeling that the three promoted clubs might go back down again mm. so uh, Newcastle Brighton and who else came up mm. I can't remember whoever Newcastle Huddersfield, Huddersfield. Um, and they're still sort of in the mix for going down but mm. um, you know it feels but as much as you are it's like yeah. to, for yeah, there yeah. to be 10 teams in the mix for two places because do we I mean Damien do you think West Brom are going to win five games when they've only won Three no, all season. I don't think so. No, they look like they might mm. fall away, didn't they? As did Swansea up until Christmas. I mean, the transformation mm. of Swansea has been extraordinary. You know, it uh, has. Yeah, I know. was reading something the other day about how um, about how you know, how they they brought him in because he was the only man available. It's not. Mm. It wasn't that there wasn't any real sort of strategy mm. there at Swansea. It just he just happened to be around, and it just and it's, it's it's interesting the way some you know teams do. I don't know, there's this sort of like magic that they think. I mean, what West Brom were thinking, bringing Pardew in, thinking that, you know, he would bring that new mm. manager bump that would, you know, that would help them. And, and here they are, you know, in such yeah. a terrible position. He but, really was a kind of bright, young hope of management, wasn't he, Pardew? He, he admired Wenger very much mm. and sort of tried to I model I think he his... set that narrative. Not many did. Quite possibly, you... yeah, yeah. I looked at his CV when he took over West Brom, and it ain't that good. It really isn't. He did a good job with Southampton where he brought yeah. them through from a low level. And I think many managers have done that, haven't they? They've had that. Mm. But at the top flight, he's kind of got caught staring at the traffic light, staring at headlights as far as I can tell. It's not been anything that's sustained. No, no. I think um, he had a lot to offer when he first came along. I mean, he did good jobs at, uh, at the teams he was at before he, he came to West Ham. Because mm. he came to West Ham in, when we were in the Championship. That's he right, did a yeah, very yeah. good job rebuilding. And then his he first season... He brought didn't he? Yeah, brought us yeah, up. So that's his, at the second attempt. There is and his then, successes, aren't there? Then there was a, you know, a 10th place finish in his first yeah. season with some very good football and an FA Cup final, yeah. obviously, against Liverpool. Um, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, but then he completely 
collapse the second season. And there seems to be, that seems to be something that happens with him. He does a good job when he first arrives. Yeah. And then things start to go a bit pear-shaped. Um, this has, uh, it has not been the case at all. He's come and mm. made no difference. Uh, 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 now, you're going to be looking for Tottenham to do you a favour, I guess, with Huddersfield being yeah. in your ballpark. Yeah. And, and, and probably Liverpool do you a favour. Damien, how do you think Liverpool get away, get, avoid getting Rafford like they did at St. James's Park? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we are, you know, obviously the way we're playing football at the moment, it's hard not to be confident going into that game. But yeah, I mean, Rafa does seem to have um, a bit of a hoodoo over us, that's for sure. It was a one, it was a, it was one all, wasn't it? In, mm. in the uh, uh, last time we met them, it was one of our, um, one of our many draws, many regretful draws this, uh, this season. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I just think that we just have to carry on as as we are. I mean, what mm. was it? What I thought was very impressive against the in our performance at the weekend was just how often we got in there and how often you know how many chances we created. Because mm. what you tend to feel uh, is sort twelve of, on target we got, yeah, and scored four goals. I mean, that's yeah. And actually, you know, in players like I mean, Salah didn't have a good day. You know, nope. was, uh, you know, he you know he missed a quite a few opportunities. And Mano's um, great, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is Klein's great. still there. Is Klein injured? Klein's he's, he's he's back in training. Played right, for right. the twenty threes. Mm. Right, right. Did he have a bad injury? He wasn't yeah. even in the squad. Is that kid? He wasn't in the squad. Is at the that kid you were talking about earlier? Is that in his position? Is he? Right yeah, yeah. Now? yeah Trent Alexander, yeah, Joe Gomez have been right, right. Playing yeah. swapsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, some of the players who perform well against West Ham, you know, um, uh, have really put, you know, had some mm. you know, horrible moments recently. Mm. I mean, you know, Oxlade Chamberlain was f- phenomenal at the weekend, but, you know, he's, he's mm. again, another one of those players, mercurial players. Mm. Um, Trent Alexander is playing fantastically well at the moment, but in previous uh, months he's been targeted by opposition teams and they've got a bit out of him. So... Who knows? I mean, I, you know, I I can't imagine Rafa's not going to do anything else but target the fullbacks. I'd imagine so. That's where he'll get his mileage. Now, yeah. just to just to, just to run them off. The other City City player, get Man City play again after their Thursday game. Mm-hmm. They're at home to Chelsea, so I suppose there's a, there's there's Ooh. there's maybe fun to be had there. Mm. Um, from, is the Thursday game? Is that at home or is that at the that's Emirates? at Arsenal? So right, they're right, back right. in they're back in London for that Ooh. one. Um, Arsenal are play are away at Brighton. Right. So. That's pretty brutal, isn't it? The City Cup final, then the game, then mm. Arsenal on the Thursday, and then uh, then they're off all week though. Chelsea, they've got on. no Champions League, I think, till the week after. I don't think. But that's, uh, well, it's a chance for them to use their squad, isn't it? Jesus and some of those guys that don't get so indeed. much. Well, look, time. that has been the whistleblowers. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? 
chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.